message. Um, while we've been going through this elongated series, this is the second message when we are dealing with the appearing of Jesus uh, after his resurrection. And while we have been dealing with the power of the gospel, I've been studying these post-resurrection epiphanies uh, by Jesus, and I've seen a very disturbing principle that has emerged uh, from these times. It's disturbing not only uh, based upon what it caused during the time that Jesus appeared, but it's also disturbing because I see some parallels with us today. So as we prepare for our time in the Lord today, I want to discuss, and you can hedge your papers with this, your notes. I pray you have your notebooks. Today, I want to discuss the dangers of devaluing testimony, the dangers of devaluing testimony. So when it comes to these post-resurrection appearances, these epiphanies, we must remember first that Jesus clearly told the disciples that he would rise on the third day. We talked about it last week, how he told them in three days, I will get up. We know that this was a clear declaration by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they had no reason to believe that he was not a man of his word. They had seen him work all of these miracles. They have seen him give sight to the blind. They've seen him turn water to wine. They have seen him uh, heal. They have seen him deliver. They have seen him walk on water. They have seen him calm the storm. They had absolutely no reason to believe that the Lord would be lying about his resurrection. But as we will see in a brief moment, and I really want you to listen to what I'm about to say, their belief in the resurrection was tainted by their disbelief in the testimony of their peers. I'll do it again. Their belief in the resurrection was tainted by their disbelief in the testimony of their peers. When we devalue the testimony of others, when we devalue the testimony of others, we're not only of missing out on the beauty of that testimony, but instead we are also taking ourselves out of position to receive from that testimony. We're not hurting the testifier, we're hurting ourselves. Many of us, if we're going to be honest today, and, and this is one of those days where I really need you to be honest with yourself. I really need you to be honest with yourself. Many of us are awaiting our own experience with the Lord before we comply with what the Lord has told us to do or, or until we comply with the testimony that we have heard from others. Many of us are waiting on our own experience with the Lord before we grow from God's experience with others. So we're waiting uh, to see it for ourselves. You know, I, I have to see that for myself. God will send you somebody to give you a word or God will send you somebody with a testimony of victory and then you just have to see it yourself. God will send you somebody with instruction on how to get to victory and you're just waiting until God himself. And I've even said it and, and maybe none of you have, but I know that I've said, well, God's just going to have to show me himself. And, and I want you to know that that's a dangerous statement to make. Because we are devaluing 
the testimony that God is sending. God will send you somebody that will literally uh, send you a word or give you a word so that you don't have to go through it. So you don't have to experience the pain. So you don't have to experience all of the frustration that comes through what somebody else already has the victory over. So I want to take a look at two passages, just two passages really, really early on in this message, uh, because I am convinced that many of us right now are still in the pit, not because God didn't send you an answer, but when he sent you the answer, you didn't like the source the answer came from. Many of us are still in our issue, not because God won't let you out, but because when God sends you instruction, we're saying, God, I just want to hear that for myself. Or God, you're just going to have to tell me yourself. There is a danger when you devalue the testimony that God sends to you. And, and as we've been talking about the narrow path, as we have been talking about walking a life of contrast, as we have been talking about this path of denial, I need you to understand that as you walk with the Lord, the Lord will send you instruction. But when we allow our pride and our ego to cause us to devalue the testimony or the instruction that we have been given, we force God to keep us in a position that he was trying to deliver us from. Please remember where we started. Paul said it like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. When he was saying I was not ashamed of the gospel, he's not ashamed of the good news that he was going to declare. You can actually say that, that Paul was declaring it like this. I'm not ashamed of the testimony, the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you dig into it, when, when people would testify of Jesus, they would testify of his death. They would testify of his burial. They would testify of his resurrection. In other words, the gospel is the testimony of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is his testimony. And so Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of that testimony. I'm willing to cry aloud, to spare not, to lift up my voice like a trumpet. What I'm telling you today is that God will send you people with a testimony of victory, with a testimony of triumph, with a testimony of power, with a testimony of healing. And then we, in our devaluing of that testimony, are stuck in our position of sickness, stuck in our position of pain, stuck in our rut because we have devalued the testimony that God has sent. Let's look at two passages. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. I'll read the whole passage. Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene. We dealt with this already. From whom he had cast out seven demons. Right there, clearly. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. When they heard, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along on their way to the country. They went away and reported it to others, but they did not believe them either. Now, I read this, this text a little while ago, but I want you to pay attention. Mary Magdalene comes and tells some disciples, he has risen. She comes and she testifies of the resurrection. I saw him with my own eyes. He has risen. They refused 
to believe. Then the Lord appears in a different form because I, I'm convinced that the Lord keeps trying to show himself to us and we keep devaluing the testimony. So he appears in a different form to some other disciples and he, and he proves himself to them. And that those two other disciples, they came, they come with the testimony and they refuse to believe. Mary, these two disciples deliver their testimony to their peers and they are unwilling to believe until they had their own experience. Jesus literally had to rebuke them after this. They wanted their own experience. They wanted to see the Lord for themselves. It, was, it, it would have been one thing if they would have rejoiced, if they would have said, man, praise God. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to put my eyes up on him. I can't wait to be able to, to talk to him again and walk with him again. That would have been one thing. But that's not what the scripture said. The scripture said they refused to believe. Which indicates that Mary tried to convince them. The two tried, but they refused. They did not heed to her testimony. How many times has God tried to send you a word and because you didn't like the package that the word came in or the time that the word came or any of the circumstances surrounding the word, you refused to believe the testimony that was given. Let's look at another Let's look at another passage. Go to John chapter 20. Go to John chapter 20. Let's dig in some more. John chapter 20. And let's look at verse 24. And, and, and I, I really, oftentimes, uh, we, before I read this, we come against Thomas. And, and, and we come against Thomas because Thomas wanted to, you know, we, we call Thomas the doubter, but he's not the only doubter. We just read this. Thomas was, was actually not unique in his doubt, but let's look at what happened. But Thomas, one of the 12, verse 24, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, that him is Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hand, the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side. I will not believe. Literally, Thomas is like, there is no amount of convincing that you will be able to do that will cause me to believe that Jesus has risen unless I have my own experience. If I don't touch him, if I don't come face to face with him, you can tell me you've seen it all you want. You can rejoice over seeing it all you want, but I will not believe until I have had my own experience. Thomas devalued the testimony. He was unwilling to believe. We know in both of these instances that it was not okay because Jesus rebuked them. He rebuked their disbelief. He came to Thomas and while lovingly he allowed Thomas to put his hand in his side and to see the nail prints. That doesn't mean that that was God's desire. He's like, I refuse it. I don't care what you've gone through. And many of us, we're the same way. 
We tell people, yeah, that's you. Yeah, that worked for you. But God will send somebody else's victory into your life so that you can know that victory is available. As a matter of fact, there's somebody listening to me right now that you feel your, your testimony has been devalued. You have tried to tell people how good God is. You have tried to tell people that he's a way maker. You've tried to tell people he's a healer. You have told them how he showed up in your life. You have told him all of the mighty acts that he has done for you and they did not believe and you grieved and you hurt but listen to me you have to just keep on testifying do not allow when people devalue you don't allow that to shut your own mouth we still have to testify. We still have to be like Paul. We still have to not be ashamed of the testimony. We still have to tell people I was sinking deep in sin. We still have to tell people God did it and I am not ashamed. We still have to tell people that God is a deliverer. We still have to testify. We have to open up our mouth. And I'm going to dig into this testimony a little further. But I also want to speak to those of you who are devaluing the testimony of others. You're saying, I don't see it. It don't make sense to me. But God will send people into your life that it, he did it for them so that you can receive it, so that you can believe it. He'll send you somebody whose marriage was on the verge of divorce so that you can then believe that your marriage can be salvaged. He'll send you somebody who the doctors had given up on them so that you can believe that you can fight for your healing and for your miracle. He'll send you somebody that was was homeless and who didn't have no job and he'll send watch this he will send them to you on the other side of their victory don't devalue the testimony of people because they're testifying after the test yes lord see we want to devalue people because we want to tell them you don't understand things are going well for you you don't understand you're not going through what i'm going through but when god sends you a legitimate testimony that legitimate testimony must be able to tell you i was there but now i'm not in other words god will send you people who have already seen victory to be the picture of victory before you so you can experience victory for yourself when we devalue the testimony of others, let's go further. When we devalue the testimony of others, it first speaks to our relationship with each other as a body of believers. What do you mean? If I don't like you, I often won't receive anything from you, even if the information is true. If I don't trust you, if... I won't receive anything from you, even if the information is true. If I don't like something you did previously, I will discount what you're currently doing right currently, all because of devaluing you. My image of you, even if that image is flawed, taints my ability to receive from you. When God sends somebody into our life with a word, with a testimony, I have to hear through the spirit, not through my emotions, not through the flesh, because I want to make sure that I am not hearing through my emotional lens, which is flawed in a poor teacher when God is trying to send me a word in the spirit. Now, the church, the body of Christ, We've often backed away, and I see it right now, we've backed away from the biblical community and closeness that you find in the scriptures. 
We've backed away from these pillars of a healthy church, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. And what we have morphed into is well-produced, well-choreographed moments of charismatic euphoria that really are held up by our production and not based upon any legitimacy. I'm not saying that we don't have a legitimate church, but I am saying that we are not in the time right now where our, our, our clear focus globally and as a collective is on seeing the collective revival and the power of God. We lack currently the relational connectivity and accountability that should be present in the body of Christ. We literally have leaders that refuse to have relationship with the people they lead. We lack the connectivity. We don't want to show ourselves friendly most of the time. We, we go to church with each other, but we don't want to know one another. We'll worship with each other, but we don't want to be friends with one another. And, and, and God is not pleased with that. Our, our, we, we often go to church as I said before, because we're trying to check off a box, not because we're trying to develop a relationship with the divine. The early church had authentic community. They had authentic fellowship. They had authentic accountability. And even with that, they would sometimes devalue each other's testimony. We saw it in the scripture. And so if they had issues with their belief based upon a devalued testimony, look at us now. How many of us are literally stuck because we refuse to listen? How many of us are literally in a place we could have been free from a long time ago because we're waiting to have our own experience? God don't have to show me. God got to tell me. But God is like, I did tell you. I told you when I sent you victory. I told you when I sent you that sister in the store that told you you could make it. I told you when I sent the coworker to your desk that said it was going to be all right. I told you when you saw that message through, through that television that everything was going to... I kept trying to send you testimony after testimony, but you devalued it because it didn't come in the form that you wanted it to come in. We make most things about us right now. I'm going to get me a word. We, we have forgot body of Christ. We've forgot collective. We have forgotten that we're stronger together than we are apart. We make it about us. It's egotistical. It's all about me. And when this is true, we then began to seek a relationship with the Lord as individuals instead of the body. Here's the truth. Not one of us. Hear me as I try to teach through this. Not one of us has everything necessary to be the body of Christ by ourselves. In this time that we're in, we need each other. We're in need of revival and the Lord is trying to send it. But he can't send it when all of us are trying to get individual revivals instead of global revivals. When we're all about, this is what I need from the Lord. And the Lord is like, wait, I'm trying to fix the whole thing. I want you to be just, ex just as excited about your brother winning as you are about you, you winning. I want you to be just as excited about your sister winning as you are you winning. I need you to be the body of Christ, not the individual. Now listen to what I'm about to say. Legitimate testimony has power. What would have been different if when Mary came 
Everybody just went out looking for the Lord. I can't wait. I'm so grateful for the testimony that Mary told us that he's risen and they would have been searching for him and telling the entire city he is risen just like he said. But instead, instead, the progress of the gospel was halted until they had their own experience. Testimony. Let's go further. Testimony, the word testimony in the scripture has as its root our English word martyr. So literally the word for testimony has at its root martyrdom. Let me give it to you this way. When I have a legitimate testimony, I have gone through something that qualifies me to open my mouth. And, and, and that means that when I began to testify, I'm testifying that it could have, but it didn't. I'm testifying that it was almost over, but God saved me in the nick of time. I'm testifying that if it had not been for the Lord, I'm testifying they gave up, but the Lord didn't. I'm testifying of everything seemed like it was falling apart, but Lord, he came in and he built that thing back up. That is a testimony. That testimony has at its root the martyrdom. Something was dying, but God raised that thing up. When I became a testifier, when I testify, watch this, that word testify is actually connected to the word witness. I've been a witness of his power. I've been a witness of his mercy. I've been a witness of his grace. I've been a witness of his love. I've been a witness of his peace. Is there anybody in this place that has a testimony in your mouth? Write in the comments as you're listening to me. Can somebody testify that you have seen the power of God in your life? I mean, if somebody could just testify. I'm telling you right now, there is victory on the other side of a legitimate testimony. Somebody will be free if you just don't devalue the testimony of others. Sometimes, listen to this, the thing that qualifies me to testify. Listen, I got to get somebody free right here. The thing that qualifies me to testify mm, is the very mistake that people are still holding against me. Watch this. I'll do it again. The very thing that qualifies me to testify is often the same mistake that people are still holding against me. The very issue that people have in their mouth is the very thing that qualifies you. In other words, watch this. I'm not saying I didn't do it. It's the fact that I did it and I made it through it and God is still with me. It's not that I justify it. I'm not saying it's okay. Somebody right here got a testimony that you're saying I messed up a lot, but God. I done tore it up a lot, but God. I made a ton of mistakes, but God. I mean, I'm, 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 tell, I'm talking to a group of people who recognize you got a testimony and some of you have been holding your mouth too long. You are qualified. You're qualified to open your mouth and give somebody freedom. You are qualified to open your mouth and give somebody hope. You are qualified to open your mouth and give somebody another chance to say, if they did it, come on now, I can do it too. If they made it, I can make it. If they can come out, I can come out. But you cannot, you cannot allow when people devalue you to cause it to close your mouth. Them devaluing you is on them. But I'm telling everybody listening right Right now, I need the testifier. I need the testimony. And if they devalue your testimony, you keep pressing. And for those of you who feel stuck, you need to receive the testimony of those who have made it. Come on now, their victory.
victory can be your blueprint. Their victory can give you joy. You got to learn to rejoice with them that rejoice. You got to learn to shout over their victory because there could come a day that you need to see and to remember and to recall what they have been through and use it as your own fuel. Don't devalue testimony. Don't devalue the testimony of Mary because she had a past. Don't devalue the testimony of Peter because he denied Jesus. Don't devalue the testimony of James and John because they ran away. Don't devalue the testimony of that one friend because you ain't seen him in church in a while. Don't devalue the testimony of a family member because they get on your nerves. Don't devalue the testimony of your spouse. Because things aren't perfect in your marriage. The Lord may very well be trying to send you victory through the sources that you feel are imperfect. God might even be causing you to look at yourself and recognize that you're not perfect. And that when you devalue the testimony of others, it is our pride and it is our ego that is causing us to have amnesia over how God has brought us very far. We need each other. We need to hear and value the testimony of each other. We need to learn from each other so we don't fall in the same pit. We need, as Titus would say, the older women to teach the younger women and the older men to teach the younger men. We need some ladies who survive to tell some younger ladies they can survive. We need some men who had to learn to lead to show some younger men how to lead. We need leaders to stand up and be leaders. We need pastors to actually pastor and stop trying to be celebrities so that we can have blueprints and so that we can have testimony and so that people through the valuing of that testimony can say, listen, God, I believe it's a vital part of overcoming. I don't need all of that. I just need to see God for myself. Don't be like the disciples. Don't be like Thomas wanting your own experience when you could have rejoiced when they told him at first. Legitimate testimony has power. I'm going to end with this. Turn to Revelations. Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. Watch this. It's a vital part of overcoming. Revelations chapter 12. And I'm going to read just a couple of verses. Now in Revelations chapter 12, they're talking about this battle with Michael, the angel. And look at what it says in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. Look, look, look. So they're saying the devil has been thrown down in verse 11. And they overcame him because, underline because, they overcame him because... Of the blood of the lamb. And circle the word and. Because of the word. Of their testimony. They did not love their life. Even when faced with death. Look at what that says. The reason that they were able to overcome. What was at the foundation. Of their overcoming. Was the blood of Jesus. And the word of their testimony. Both of those things. They had the blood of Jesus. 
the saving blood, the cleansing blood of Jesus. And then they had a word. They had the logos of their testimony, of their witness. In other words, they had the blood of the lamb and they had in their mouth everything they had seen, every victory they had experienced, everything that God had brought them through. Literally, every time, if you go back in the Old Testament and you see when they were preparing for battle, they would go back and they would begin to recall the battles before. Lord, I saw you do this in this battle. Lord, I saw you do it. In, in other words, they were encouraging themselves by the testimony that had gone before them. I need somebody right now to begin to value the testimony of your brother. Value the testimony of your sister. Value the testimony even of sources that you might not care for. Because in that testimony, you can begin to lift up and build yourself up because that's how we overcome. That's how we overcome. Do not allow pride and ego to cause you to devalue the words that are being sent to you. Some right now some right now are listening to me and you know you need to receive the word of the Lord. You need to receive the word of the Lord in your life. And you might not like the source, but at the end of the day, the word is the word is the word. And when God sends you a word, it is up to you to receive it or not. So I'm coming to you, asking you, and I'll dig more Wednesday. Don't devalue the testimony that is sent. Because in that testimony, there's power. I pray that somebody can scroll through the list in our virtual platforms and actually see testimonies. And if, and if you don't see a testimony today in these comments, wherever you are, I challenge you, listen to me right now. I challenge you to get out a piece of paper for yourself and begin to write your own testimonies. Write down every time God has been there. Write down every time that you overcame. Write down every time that you thought it was going to go one way, but it went another way. Write down all, every time that the Lord, as that song says, he didn't see fit to let none of these things be. Right there and begin to just build yourself up. Create your own moment of praise. Create your own moment of worship. Because watch this, God has sent us testimony so we will have some strength to overcome. If you did it before, you can do it again. This is the word of the Lord. Allow me to pray for you. Lord, you've heard us today. You've heard the word. Allow us not to devalue the testimony as you send it, but allow us to walk by faith not by sight, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, God bless you. I pray this word has been a blessing. I pray even the comments are full of testimonies today. I pray that somebody's even gonna have enough courage to go testify right now on your wall. Come on now, there is power in testimony, but don't devalue it. I talked about testimony through this. I saw some testimonies go forward from the people at Marketplace, but I need to come back because I need you to understand that even now, we're seeing people who are having testimonies of being sustained through this pandemic, sustained when they don't have jobs, sustained even when they may be sick. I've gotten reports of people who went in with this disease but came out with the victory. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. It's a testimony. I've gotten reports of people who have been hurt, but they didn't, they didn't stay hurt. They didn't stay down. People have come together. We've seen victory. We've seen restoration. We've seen power, and God wants to make it available to you. Don't devalue someone else's testimony because that testimony 
may clearly be your blueprint. If you need prayer, information is there for you to receive prayer. If you want to connect to Marketplace as a ministry, as your church, please feel free to reach out to us. And finally, if you care to give, you can do so. Thank you so much for your generosity during this time. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace.